Good morning, and it is a beaut. Let's see what the time is here. It's not quite, oh, just about 10 o'clock. I had trouble getting to sleep last night. Might have been the tokes, I don't know, but uh, finally, uh, this morning, I put on a two-hour episode of Sam Harris, and uh, it helped me doze off. In fact, I dreamt about meeting him in the dream, and it would have been his voice coming into my head that brought that on. But uh, anyway, I'm feeling good now. I've had a delightful breakfast, starting off with a boiled egg and a piece of cheese and uh, some coffee left over from yesterday in a thermos that I just heated in the microwave. Believe me, this is a step up from tent camping. Having a microwave is the most wonderful thing because I followed that breakfast, that little appetizer, with um, pancakes, honey, and strawberries. That's what I just happened to have around. Uh, and that was pretty damn fine as well. So, uh, yeah, here we are. I'm sitting in my chair. I'm facing the sun again. It's it's just, it, it lights up the entire forest. All these trees with these bright yellow leaves. They just, they're alive. And uh, I'm feeling so good being here. Like, wow, I needed this. Um, I, I've got so much to relate, and I know... This may sound boring. Oh, my God. You know, if only he'd stick to one topic. But here he goes. Well, no, this is the camping experience. Um, I'm going to get something out of the way. Towards the end of the evening last night, onto my third beer and just sitting watching the coals and the embers. And just, it was so wonderful to reach into that big bag and just throw on another stick, another stick, another stick of wood that my wife had kindly prepared. And um, left a few for starters for this morning. I did a very neat job before bed, a very nice job of packing up camp. And I guess that's the point I want to make. I am an experienced camper. I know what I'm doing. Uh, And you have a system for things. And you know where everything goes. uh, And what you have to do before you leave. And and it's, it's just the world of difference from having all that experience. So I had done a very nice job in case of rain, of packing up the wood and everything. Still outside, um, but neatly covered and tucked away. Uh, and so that was a good feeling. Uh, anyway, I, I decided at the end, I'll just listen to some of the folk music that I've been sharing with you on this podcast. Um, set for random of the 60 songs. And one song came out, it might have been... Uh, something to do, something hammer. I'm not going to go back and look for it now. Um, But the story of somebody escaping, and it would have been from slavery. He's not coming back. And there was just one line that he talked about, this iron on my neck and on my leg. And at that time, sitting, you know, sort of numbed by watching the coals of the fire, And getting that image of a man in chains, a slave, uh, worse than an animal being treated, just brought out the horror 
of the slave trade, of course, which still exists, but the way America was built, like it's no wonder this country is still torn apart. To have had a war not that long ago, we're not talking about the Middle Ages here, to have had a war about 150 years ago or so over the right to own other humans as slave labor. Like this is just unbelievable. And the fact that there are people who still exist with the mindset, that deep-rooted mindset of these black people are subhuman. Uh, it is, it is, it, it, it was, well, it was just so chilling and so dark. And again, yeah, probably brought on by reading this book about white privilege, thinking about things in a way I really hadn't thought before. Like sometimes you read a piece of history, oh yeah, there was this war, there was this war, but you don't think of that individual suffering, the, the, the cruelty, the, the, the pain of the individual. It becomes just history, a, a story. And last night, there was just that sense of how awful it was. Anyway, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm okay. We'll just park that and we'll move on. Uh, I don't know. There's, um, another dark story. There's a little chipmunk going around, you know, all your campsites always have resident chipmunks. And one of them, I noticed he was moving a little funny. And when I had a closer look, he has a broken leg, like a hind leg that doesn't work. So he hops in a, in a very awkward way. And I felt so sad to see this tiny little animal with a broken leg. And, and he was managing, he was getting around quite quickly. But sure enough, another chipmunk came running down a tree and decided to chase him. And it again brought home, brought in that, that, that human story. The, you, you pick on the weak, uh, and it's the history of, of mankind. I, I've never gotten over the visit to the Grand Canyon when I overheard a guide talking about what happened to these, I guess, was it the, uh, the Puebla people, the, the people who seemed to be civilized and taken up farming and lived peacefully and made arts and crafts. And it was suggested that a warrior tribe came by, and there were many at that time who still lived by war, by subduing other tribes, by killing, by maiming, torturing, taking the women. And it's, it's, it stayed with me. The, the the peaceful, the meek, being run over by the strong, the aggressive, the cruel. Oh, God, I didn't... <laughs> sorry. I didn't mean to go there at all. I guess, well, I, I, I did. I had to because I'm, I'm going to share with you some things from peak experience. And, and actually, it's very fitting. Um, some of the quotes here. Let me just find one. Our orientation towards the transcendent, and by transcendent, just sort of reaching a higher level, sort of beyond the ordinary, arises from needs hardwired into our genetic makeup. Now, later on in the chapter, um, he gets into 
psychedelics and and the experiments, you know, clinically run experiments uh, using psilocybin and LSD and other things. Um, And, God, there was a quote. Just these studies do support the notion that there is a growth-oriented core to each of us that is full of openness, love, and meaning, but which is held back by our ordinary perceptions, fears, and anxieties. Uh, In other words, there is a real self. And this was after people doing lots and lots of study and case histories and and with, uh, you know, the dying, the cancer patients, the PTSD, uh, the clinically depressed, all these other groups, uh, and giving them some of these drugs and then guiding them through these experiences and, and taking detailed notes, including months later. And the conclusion being we're hardwired. This is at our core. We want love. This is where we're, we're headed. Um, and there's any number of things. Ah, the passage here, and again, I'm saying this to counteract what I've said about earlier times in human history and are we moving forward? Are we capable of reaching that next level? I've always believed in my hippy-dippy history of uh, psychedelics and drugs and getting high, of searching for that higher plane uh, that I, I I don't stay at, and I'll get back to that too. But anyway, here we are. I believe that what humans really want is to receive and give love. I believe that love is what connects us to each other, and that such a connection is brought about by being intimate with each other, by sharing ourselves with others. I believe that the nature of our true self is love. Now, damn, 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 would that be nice to believe. And these are not quacks or, uh, you know, people collecting money for Jesus. These are these are clinical psychologists coming up with this. Um, but there, there was an earlier passage that I quoted about. I've talked a lot on this podcast. Forgive me, I'm, I'm going on and I'm going to continue to go on. <sighs> on this self-examination because I found a passage I thought really explained a lot why I don't seem to be advancing, why I had that panic mode and why um, I can see where I would like to be. And that is kinder, loving, more generous, more uh, altruistic, uh, more full of just compassion. And I'm not there. Um, so the passage reads, we're, when we're in the grip of insecurity, when we don't feel safe, accepted, or respected, there is often a sense that we don't know who we are or what our real identity is. Now, bingo. Because believe it or not, I, I and it may seem otherwise to you, you may have a really strong sense of who I am, but I don't. I'm the one shouting out all these words, but I don't have that sense. I don't know. Uh, The world often feels less real, and we feel more disconnected from others. This form of self-loss, which is deeply impacted by our environment, often results in excessive self-focus. Excessive self-focus. Including a fear of loss of control of oneself. I don't fear that. 
and a lack of healthy integration with the rest rest of one's personality structure. Lack of healthy integration with the rest of one's personality structure. Well, last night that just shouted out at me, and uh, we'll move on. <sighs> healthy self-loss does not involve fear. Rather, it is characterized by curiosity and openness to the present moment and one's inner experience. So I, I, I'll stop there. Um, but this chapter, uh, quoting Buddhists and psychotherapists and uh, uh, any number of, you know, as I say, clinical psychologists doing studies, uh, it's quite amazing. All right. They talk about awe and other things. Okay, I'm going to park that. Sorry, I, I don't know if that meant anything to you. It certainly did to me. Oh, why don't I stop and get back to my coffee? And I'm going to rejoin you uh, shortly because uh, I'm not done talking. Scarborough Dude signing off for his uh, coffee, which I just posted a beautiful picture of, I hope. Uh, it is nut toffee flavored with a splash of cognac. Good morning. Check, check. Oh, boy. It's about 9 o'clock on um, Friday night, July 31st. I think I mentioned I was going to a wedding the end of July. I meant the end of August. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm sitting by the fire. Just tossed another log on. Lit up a cin- c- citronella candle. I saw, I heard one mosquito. Not many at all. It's great. I mean, virtually none. But uh, just the sound of one is enough to say, hey, go away. And I poured myself. I didn't feel like another beer. I had a nice Moroccan brown earlier. Prior to that, I had an Okanagan cider, apple cider. And uh, instead of another beer, I got myself a little shot in a rectangular glass, I think I'd bought for my son from the Maritimes, and it ended up in the road trek uh, with some cognac in it. Something my wife had bought, I found where it was hiding in the kitchen and uh, took it along for the ride. Yeah. So, I spent more time again today reading. I, I visited the um, the beach. Uh, that's here on Georgian Bay, but uh, it was very difficult for me to walk. Um, it just, you know, it was hard. <laughs> and um, coming back up the hill was a little easier. Going down, I don't know. I had to be so careful. I was letting people pass. I was stopping. And then when I got there, it was just, you know, everybody else, of course, brought deck chairs and things with them. <clears throat> But I found I, I couldn't go into the water. The water was very inviting. I didn't bring a bathing suit. I forgot that. But just was so unsteady that I thought, no, no, you do not want to make a fool of yourself in front of these people falling in the water. Uh, so I uh, left there and went to a place called Kettles Lake, which is also within the park boundaries. Um, went through a few owners. It was uh, The whole area was uh, logging. And uh, finally, I went and took over the whole of the park. The name had kept changing, and they finally went back to the original, or the last owner, 
which was the Kettle family, and so it's known as Kettle's Lake, but it was a beautiful, quiet spot. And what I appreciated, it was, uh, uh, unlike the beach, this was um, wheelchair accessible, so there were ramps and a nice little platform you could sit on with a bench right at the water's edge, so uh, that was very, very pleasant. And uh, I think I'll go back there tomorrow on my way home, just stop for a little while, maybe have lunch there. So, I don't know if I sound calmer now. I decided I I don't think... You know, I bought... I have gummies with me. I mean, I could take... Well, I could have taken quite a while ago. It's 9 o'clock now. It'd be crazy to eat a gummy now because it takes an hour to kick in and then it's bedtime and your eyes are popping open and your head is expressing all kinds of strange thoughts. So, no, that's not a good idea. So, I've stayed away from the toques today. It is it is a change in my life, and it's not a bad one at all. But the more I've read in this book on transcendency, uh, the more I want to get in line for some of the experiments that are going on at clinics and um, universities, I suppose, within psychology departments, when they are giving people... Um, psychedelics, LSD, and, uh, and um, psilocybin. And I, I just wish, I mean, I don't have PTSD, I'm not dying of cancer, uh, so I don't have a reason why, hey, I need that, please put me on your list. Uh, but I would sure love to be part of a study for that. Um, but, <clears throat> yeah, okay, that's just wishful thinking. We'll park that for a while. But the uh, the book is, I'm almost finished this book, and it, it got much more interesting when I got to the transcendency part, apart. and it's it's sort of the, what's current now in terms of, within the humanistic realm of psychology, there are still behaviorists out there, and there's still the, what I call the rat psychologists, um, who, you know, aren't very impressed. They want it, psychology to be a science, and therefore it's got to be, it's all data-driven and tests and doing horrible things to animals. Um, at least that's my take. I'm of the Carl Rogers, uh, Abraham Maslow uh, approach, which is humanistic, and uh, it is a, it's a growing field now, and they're still doing tests and data, but it's of a different type with questionnaires and so on. Um, but it's encouraging, and now there's sort of an index at the end. Okay, well, how can you uh, help yourself to become a little more self-actualized. Uh, one of the points he makes, which is interesting, is there is no, in a way, uh, he, he's almost saying there is no you. There's all these potentials. First of all, we're always changing, and so trying to say this is me and pin it down, when you, you know, and I've talked about this before, um, you're a different you in a different situation. You're a different you tomorrow. You, we can, and it's not just a question of moods. But it's as you enter any moment, you're you're redefined. So that's sort of the uh, existentialist look at you know human nature. But uh, this fellow talks about your your what are your potentials, and and it's sort of an assumption that humans want growth, want to be better, and there are many things that hold us back, and fear and anxiety, and wanting to be liked, and and the needs that the um, the ego puts out there and, and sort of gets in the way. He doesn't use I don't think he's used the word ego throughout this book. Uh, definitely not Freudian. Um, but 
there is there are ways and it's being open to experience and it's all the things that I've already talked about and I feel I already know but don't always achieve anyway god you're going to accuse me of rambling on again it's just an interesting thing i've always had an interest in psychology i, I again i back in university carl rogers was wow i found something the way some people find the bible and it's an answer to them uh my book by rogers called on becoming a person was my my go to and uh, it remains so today. And again, I had that benefit of actually going through real life group therapy using the techniques that are that are used of, of accepting, learning to accept who you are. Okay, okay, okay. Again, it's all about self and of course the whole what they're talking about. And maybe this is a, a more important point to make is that the high, more highly advanced or, or actualized individual is somebody who is full of compassion and caring for other people. And that's probably one of the roads to getting there. You want to be in a state of grace. Uh, you, your chances are better of finding it by uh, turning your, your actions towards helping others and being kind to others and, uh, you know, maybe thinking less about your own self. There's a bit of a contradiction there because you, 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 they're not entirely saying that. You can't ignore who you are. Uh, the last bit was you, you've got to accept who you are, warts and all, and, and, and that includes the bad things, not just the, the things that you want people to respect you for, but accept your shortcomings, your hang-ups, your failures, your, your greed, your moral flaws, uh, the things you've done in your past, your failures. Oh, it's a lot to take on. Okay, okay, enough of that. Back to the uh, back to the fire and the cognac. Scarborough dude signing out on a uh, very quiet, very nice Saturday night, Friday night, sorry, in uh, Awenda Provincial Park. Bye for now. This old Kill John Henry, won't kill me, boy, no, it won't kill me. Take this hammer, give it to the captain, tell him I'm gone, boy.
and ham See my wife and You tell him I'm gone, boy You tell him I'm gone Now you take this old hammer And you give it to the captain And you tell him I'm gone, boy Chick, chick, and good morning to you. Welcome to August. It is August 1st today. It's about 11 a.m., and uh, as I speak, I'm still sitting in my comfortable chair here in uh, Awenda Provincial Park. Leaving today, of course, but uh, decided... I mean, you have to be out by two. I think if I leave by one, that gives the next people plenty of time. You always have a feeling that somebody's already booked this site, and you think they might want to get there early. But uh, that shouldn't put any pressure on the individual to feel they have to leave. Um, so, anyway, that's... Uh, oh, I've got... Um, unfortunately for you... <laughs> So much to say. I, I've noticed a little, a very slight, slight change I've made in myself. And that is, if I think of something, if I have a little idea, like, for example, this morning, ooh, you know, I should make a pot of coffee. There's often another uh, thought that comes up. Oh, well, you know, it's you got to get the thing out, get it out of the bag. Get the water in it, get the coffee, put the filter in, find the filter, you know, put fill it in, plug it in, then you gotta do all the opposite to get it back, and yeah, you could just skip coffee, you got other drinks in there. And so it's easy for me, by this almost a default laziness, to not do something. And my new me is saying, no, you're in a campsite, you want coffee in the morning. Just make the coffee. And uh, because it is no hardship. And so, of course, I did. I've made a, I made a full pot, and uh, here I am drinking it now. Um, last night was similar. Uh, I was, you know, I was sitting on the campfire, and thought, well, you know. I saved, I bought a bag of wood. I, I only used one log, or maybe two, from it. Um... Yeah, just two. So I've got a lot of wood left over. And that's great. That's I'll put that in the garage and it'll be ready for my next camping trip. Just the same way I arrived here with wood from the previous camping trip. And so as I watched the embers die, I thought, oh, I could go to bed. And then the thought, well, you could have a, a toke. Yeah, why not? You're camping. How often do you go camping? How often do you get to sit by a fire? The lazy thing is, oh, just turn it in now and whatever. And so I did have a toke, and I had some cognac, and I had a couple of beer, and I enjoyed watching those things. Yeah, and even another example, well, sausages. Well, you could cook some sausages. You got nice colds here. Well, go into the road track, get the sausages out, put them in that uh, grill thing I described to you earlier, 
and cook some sausages. And uh, they were delicious. I had one for breakfast and one last night wrapped up in bread. So just consciously being aware of the choices you make, the decisions you make, and then acting on what may be the best one. And of course, last night, the best ones, yeah, stay up around that fire and enjoy the time and enjoy. I had a great time after the toke. Uh, I had a very creative period of envisioning my life as a um, a manga, you know, a magazine with the pictures drawn. And I, it got very elaborate. I mean, I had to find the right artist to share my story with. It, it it was a long train of thought that fortunately I didn't share with you, but unfortunately I'm probably going to share a little bit with you now. But I was able to see my life in, in these panels and actually envision, okay, well, what would you put in that panel to tell a story? And how many panels would it take to actually tell the story of Prince George working on the railway? What do you want? You Well, you want a you want a, you want one image of that great big foreman. Uh, I can't remember the Italian name. I used to know it, coming towards me full speed and snatching the hammer out of my hand and showing me. You know, never mind this tap, tap, tap to get a spike down. Swing it like this, and bam, three taps, and he's got a spike tight against the rail on the, on the plate that holds the uh, the ties in place. Holy shit! And just and like virtually toss the the hammer back to me and I'm thinking, wow, that's the first day on the job. Holy fuck. I don't think I'm going to last, but that would have been it. That would have, that would have told a piece of the story. There'd be another image of the bunk car that we lay in these beautiful old wooden bunk cars with a, a wood stove inside and you got your bed and you, you open the, you know, it just, there's everything. My entire life, times in Japan, temples, the school, the students in their uniforms, I mean, it would. There were. Se- I realized. Okay, it can't be one book. It's going to be several issues of this comic. But it was the most entertaining way to sit there by the coals, and envision your life in panels, and it was a rich, fun, entertaining time. And that's because I did some of the things. Now, it may seem like I'm rambling, but I'm, I'm trying to stay focused. I have been reading, again, Transcend the New Science of Self-Actualization, and uh, I think maybe a, a week or two ago I was saying, uh, I don't know. But once I got on to the later chapters, wow, did this book get interesting. And, it, and it's up to date with the latest information on, on you know what psychologists are doing in the humanistic psychology, and he's reaching into all branches and it's it's quite fascinating and, again, built on the work of my heroes, Carl Rogers. Every time I see Carl Rogers, I'm excited. Although the last quote by Rogers, he was saying that most of the, the humanists are, are realistic. They recognize our negative sides or their positive, and you can strive for balance. You can't suppress your negative traits and characteristics, but you can bring them into harmony with, you know, uh, there are ways, and they, they actually go about explaining many of the ways too, how to become more self-actualized. Um, and but the exception was Carl Rogers, who seemed overly optimistic of all of them. So I, I kind of chuckled. Uh, here we are. Just a quote I, again. I've gone through with a yellow highlighter. The best route to happiness and life satisfaction is through chan- transcending your egoistic insecurities becoming the best version of yourself and making a positive contribution to the world around you.
And that's quite nice. And, and that would almost summarize the whole book. I'll repeat for those listening at home and not quite grasping this, or maybe you weren't paying attention. Pay attention now. The best route to happiness and life satisfaction is through transcending your egoistic insecurities, becoming the best version of yourself, and making a positive contribution to the world around you. Uh, now, the best version of yourself, they talk about that there are multiple selves, um, and this is there, there isn't one fixed self. Um, during the process of becoming, you still very much create yourself. Modern personality psychologists prefer to think of personality traits as density distributions. So you don't you don't have one fixed one. Now, one of the most interesting lines that I read was, people fluctuate in their personality traits throughout the day just as much as people differ from one another. Acting out of character is actually quite common. Now that line, people fluctuate in their personality traits. So we're given, we've got a number of traits and there's fluctuation throughout the day. We just, we become these different selves. Uh, people fluctuate in their personality traits throughout the day just as much as people differ from one another. In other words, this is wide range. Uh, and you don't know who you're going to be. It, it so much depends on the environment you're in, the people you're confronting, the situation you're in. Uh, all of that is it's just uh, fascinating. And, and I, I, it probably doesn't make for very um, good listening on a podcast. But I guess what I'm wanting to share with you is how excited I feel to have almost finished this book. I've got 30 pages left. I've just finished Appendix 1, Seven Principles for Becoming a Whole Person. Um, here we are. The highest goal of therapy is the striving for wholeheartedness. To become without pretense, to be emotionally sincere, to be able to put the whole of oneself into one's feeling, one's work, one's beliefs. So they really do talk about a, a sense of self, but it's always fluctuating. It's not static. It's open to change. There, there is no contradiction between what they're talking about here and what Zen Buddhists are talking about, about living in that moment, you know. When you're eating your breakfast, eat your breakfast. So, anyway, when you're podcasting, podcast. <laughs> Well, you see, I do that, though. Like, I am so much in this moment now. As I speak, I've got this huge fucking grin on my face, sitting here amongst the trees, uh, feeling very satisfied, my, my hand clutching my thermos of coffee, and uh, just kind of delighted to be here in this present moment, in this now. And the, and the fact that I engineered this to take myself, to put myself into this situation, right? To, to uproot myself. And believe me, the, the anxieties and the stress I felt before leaving on, on, for no known reasons, just fluttering about, can I do this? Do I know how, do I still know how to camp? You know, all these things that for whatever reason, and again, part of the aging process, maybe, Certainly a lot of my, my God, the barrel of insecurities I carry around with me um, and have to confront continually and, and put, into, put into place, you know? 
Um, it's quite astounding. Another one. Man is a wanting animal. It is characteristic of the human being that he is practically always desiring something. Many of our goals are pre-programmed into our DNA because they increased the survival and reproduction of our distant ancestors. Now, there's another one. Holy fuck. I've been talking about this. I mean, I talked about this before reading that passage when I talked about how did a frail person like me you know, get to this point? How, who were my ancestors who lived through such troubled, difficult times? What was it they had in their DNA that allowed them to procreate and pass on certain DNA resulting in me? And, I, and I've done my, my job with, with two sons. Uh, who knows? It could be that neither of them will procreate. And I know that in, in many cases, and that sort of part of the DNA dies off. But maybe this is more importantly that the individual, whether or not you have children, can still contribute to the betterment of the world. Your your existence can have a positive impact on the human race in, in whatever small way of the ripples of, you know, your behavior. Are you a nice person? Do you make other people feel good? Do you do you boost the confidence of your friends? What are you doing to contribute to make others feel good? Not just yourself. All right, all right, all right. I know that was a bit of a stretch. Uh, there is another section which I felt uh, security versus growth goals. And the security goals are the things that will sort of hold you in place, such as um, have well-respected opinions, have many nice things, be admired by many others, be well-known to many, be financially successful, be well-liked and popular, find a good high-paying job. Those are the security goals, whereas the growth goals help those who need it. Show affection to loved ones. Feel much loved by intimates. Make others' lives better. Be accepted for who I am. Help improve the world. Contribute something lasting. Wow. Um, and I felt when I first read that, uh oh, I've got too many security goals, you know. I, I, I want to be in the growth goals section, but uh, how do you get there? So it is, it is all a process. We are never stable. I, I know I can flip through the pages and find a quote talking about how we are never fixed and defined in one moment. There's always the next moment, the next time, the next opportunity to do better, to do the right thing. And we want to be dealing with the things that hold us back and being open to change, being open to new possibilities and I think if you have the right approach, you will be guided. It'll be the universe will give you what you need to be a better person, a kinder person, a more loving person, a person who will contribute to the betterment of mankind. Oh my God, Ken, can we stop there? Yeah, I think we should. But it has been a journey, and my God, I, I, I'd forgotten how much I love the idea of camping alone and spending the time reading sitting outdoors and just reading. Uh, that's a great thing. I even read a chapter from uh, 
Isaac Asimov foundation and empire. And I found the clarity with when I read with, with which I read this one short chapter was so much clearer. Well, the clarity was clearer. Come on now. I understood. I pictured, I imagined this scene in this chapter so much better than when I'm lying in bed late at night reading a chapter before going to sleep. Okay? Sitting outside. Oh, okay. You know, I, I force myself to go back. Wait a minute. Who's talking to you? Who's that person? What's the situation? Where are they? Picture this scene and the setup. Um, by God, I've got to admire authors. Asimov being one of them. All right, boys and girls. Scarborough dude. Doing you a favor by uh, signing off now. God, another 60 minutes. This will be either a long podcast or broken up in two, because we may not be done yet. I've got another few hours before I leave. Signing off. Stay stay well. I guess the message, no, please, 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 look after yourself. If you're listening to this, be good to yourself. And do your bit to grow, to find your way to face new challenges. I, I know that sounds like, hey, who are you to tell me that? Just the same way, who are my white friends to tell me what I need to know about white fragility and uh, Black Lives Mattering? <sighs> so, take it or leave it. Scarborough Dude, signing off.